So here we are in New England, middle of winter. It's 20 degrees outside, high of mid 30s today, but that will vary dramatically based on whether the sun is out or the wind is blowing. And my younger daughter, waiting for the school bus, insists on uh, wearing sneakers and a sweatshirt and didn't want to bring boots and a jacket, except I told her she had to. And then we got outside and I told her she had to put those things on. My older daughter grudgingly took a light jacket to school. <clears throat> And I routinely have to tell my wife to bring boots or a jacket in the car with her. All of them operate on this assumption of, I'll be fine, I'm just going from the car to the building, that so many people operate under this time of year. Now they're all perfectly smart. They know that sometimes stuff happens that means that it doesn't work out that way but our modern society and the way that we live going from heated car to heated building lulls us into forgetting that when this stuff happens it can have really dire consequences that 20 degrees is not too cold to be life-threatening and that the purpose of wearing jackets and boots is not to keep yourself comfortable but as a hedge against needing them to stay alive. Could she go to school in a t-shirt and shorts and be okay? Probably. But would that be a smart thing to do? No. Certainly not. And we all can recognize that. And yet all of us, all of us, live our lives in ways that are unprepared for the thing that will statistically probably not happen, but very easily could happen. And we live our lives, we live this way in all the different aspects of our lives. So I thought I'd talk today a little bit about some of these aspects. First of all, you can hear I'm a little bit out of breath, and that's because I'm carrying 65 pounds, up from 45 pounds. And that's part of my uh, training to get my body into better shape so that it can handle situations where I might need to lift heavy weights, walk for a long distance, carrying someone, all that sort of stuff. 65 pounds might seem like a lot, but it's sure nothing compared to carrying my wife some distance because she's hurt, carrying my kids, carrying something, right? Carrying somebody that I need to help. So if I think that 65 pounds is heavy, how am I going to handle a situation that might arise? So I think, and that's 
even above and beyond the statistical absolute certainty that if we don't take care of our bodies, that the, the poor health that will result will be what kills us. Right? If I let myself continue going the path to obesity, which I was on, I, it would be what killed me. It might take years, but and it might have a different face, but it would be what killed me. Whether it was COVID or much more likely heart disease, cardiovascular failure, or diabetes. So getting your body prepared to actually live a, a long, healthy life and one where you are physically strong enough to handle unforeseen circumstances is thing number one in my view because everything else rests upon it. If you can't do those things, if you don't have your health, then you can't, it makes everything else in life dramatically harder. Thing number two, probably financial. Making sure that our income rests on a number of diverse streams and that I've thought through potential economic futures and how I might ramp up or ramp down different things that I have going based on global politics, overall trends, but also things like I hurt myself, whether I, I hurt myself physically or, um, you know, something happens where I have a hard time looking at a screen, right? M migraines or something like that, but I could do physical work. Making sure that I can move in a number of directions fairly fluidly with opportunities at hand, no matter what happens to me, is also part of the picture. And that takes a long time to build up, and I'm, you know, I'm in the middle of that journey, so you shouldn't look at me as a template of exactly what to do, but simply take the idea and run with it as you see fit. Whew! I'm feeling this weight in my scapula today. So, the next thing is, I'd say assessing where we live. Now, we decided to move back to where we grew up in, in Western New England. And in many ways, from uh, an assessment of what the future might hold, that's a pretty good place to be. If I were living in... Well, if I were, first of all, if I were living in other places around the world, what your future looks like is dramatically different, and it really depends on where you are. And it has a lot to do with demo uh, demographics. As I mentioned in a previous episode, I'm reading this excellent book called The End of the World is Just the Beginning by Peter Zihan, who's a demographer who looks at what geopolitics will look like in the future based on demographics. 
and what that tells us. And his take is that the places that are going to be, that, that most places in the world have um, been able to participate in global trade for the last 75 years because uh, for that, that brief moment in history, unlike all other moments in history, there was a basically 100% moratorium on attacking international shipping. States did not attack international shipping and they cracked down on piracy as a collective whenever they could. And that allowed states to, and, and this was interesting, he said, even from 1950 to 1975, so the height of the Cold War, you would think the United States and Soviet Union would be attacking each other's shipping or undermining it when they could. From, for those 25 years, there was zero piracy. Now, we obviously have piracy today, but the point is, is that, by and large, compared to historical standards, countries have been able to participate in the global economy in ways that have allowed them to leverage what they're good at and make up for what they're not good at by importing stuff. Exporting what they have and importing what they don't have. And at that period of time in history is about to end because of demographics and shifting priorities and that we're going to see the rise of regional spheres of influence. Australia, New Zealand, Southeast Asia coming together. France and Turkey kind of eyeballing the Mediterranean, across the Mediterranean at each other. The United States largely still policing the Western Hemisphere. But then there's the sense of, well, how will where we live fare with rising temperatures? Seems like it's okay. How will we fare with possible de-urbanization? Seems like we're okay, uh, right? We saw property values increase tremendously during the flee from the cities that happened during COVID. Um, those property values are going down a little bit, which is good because I don't want to be boxed out of being able to buy more land in the future. And frankly, I think it's important that house values are low enough that young people can afford to buy, which for the last couple of years, many of our young friends who had been renting and wanting to buy have been boxed out by price. So looking at where we live, by those metrics, I feel pretty good. Now, it's still possible that stuff can happen uh, at the global, regional, national, uh, or local level that would require preparations. And the most obvious one is that we live in New England and it's winter time. So we should expect power outages. We should expect lack of ability to get to stores on a regular basis. So. You know, we have a generator and some fuel. 
We have a wood stove for backup. We've got candles and lanterns. We've got extra batteries. We've got food. Uh, and so we're prepared for a range of things that happen. And I think I have always been more of a catastrophizer than my family. I think it was my time on sailing ships trained me to assume that the worst thing could happen. And indeed I saw some of the worst things happen. People falling off of docks that were very high and needing to be rescued. Uh, ships having uh, electrical fires that needed to be put out, um, hit running aground, hitting, hitting a, a rock, um, being demasted, not on a big ship, but on a small, a smaller boat, uh, twice that happened. So I had just enough of a taste, nothing catastrophic, but just enough of a taste to recognize that this stuff could happen. And what's more, we drilled these scenarios all the time. Man, overboard drills, fire drills. Um, and we talked about antecedents and examples from the past, and lessons that could be learned from their mistakes. And I think that that laid a foundation for me of taking this stuff seriously. And it means that when I travel around in the truck, I've gotten, I've got snow pants and a jacket in a bin in the back, just in case I need them. I've got uh, I've got the tools in the back needed to help unlock other people's cars because I've needed to do that in the past. I've got uh, jumper cables, that sort of thing, right? Because stuff happens. And I think there are so many places in life, I certainly have them, where we're blind to the things that could go wrong. And we don't recognize that we have become too comfortable. And we need to be thinking a little more strategically about what is a reasonable way to behave given the range of possible things that could occur and how to protect ourselves at a reasonable level from all the things that could reasonably happen so that we aren't inconveniencing our life but it is not an inconvenience in life to wear winter boots and a winter jacket when going outside in the winter even if you're just waiting for 10 minutes for the school bus and then you're going to ride in the school bus to the school and you're going to be wafted along in preheated air the entire time so that you could easily forget that should something happen to that school bus you'd be damn glad that you were at least a little bit prepared and you guessed it 
that school bus is every part of our lives, which are so comfortable. And we are the people going to school in shorts and flip-flops when that's only realistic because we're being protected from what could easily be our daily reality if just a few things were to change. Thank you for listening. Talk tomorrow. You know, I don't usually do little postscripts, but it just occurred to me that one thing that I did not talk about that I think about uh, quite a bit that's an important aspect of things is having the skills necessary to handle situations you might find yourself in. That might be knowing enough about growing food that you could have a big garden if economics suggested that that would be a smart thing for you to do. It might be having the skill to harvest your own and the tools to harvest your own firewood. Um, It might be having the skill to protect yourself from somebody trying to intimidate you or assault you. I I fall short on that count myself. Um, And it might be Well, it could very easily be the skill to handle the changing landscape of uh, the economic situation that we're in and take advantage of the opportunities that exist, right? Something that younger people are much better uh, skilled at than older people in general. And so they tend to drive change that churns where the opportunity lies in the world. But it's skills um, combined with taking those skills and making some basic preparations that uh, give you that preparation for the future, right? It's one thing to know how to garden. It's another thing to have spent years building up garden soil and have the tools and materials on hand to continue that process. Um, And that's something that I think uh, that we don't think enough about or if we do think oh you know i need this skill then we we fail to recognize that book knowledge of that skill is not enough when it comes down to it you don't have the skill until you've been practicing the skill that's all thanks